Welcome to our fifth session of Schooling Options 2021 Online Learning. We're going to look at online learning tonight. Um, my name is Beth Bascom. I'm going to be facilitating the meeting tonight. And we're going to look at online learning, which everybody nowadays knows, or at least has heard that. COVID-19 brought us into a situation where we needed online learning. So now we're going to learn how we can use that for various um, learning styles. But first, we're going to do a little bit of an overview on online learning and the curriculums that are out there. So if you're homeschooling this year and looking at doing some online um, learning curriculum, you can check out our quick guide to homeschooling curriculum at www.royaloakchurch.com. It will be um, posted on this session as well as you can already find it posted on our second session. So there's two types here in Virginia. If, you're, if you live here in Virginia, you have access to virtual Virginia. And you can either do that as a registered public school student in which case it's free. Or you could do it as a homeschool student, in which case it costs. Now, as a public school student, um, my expertise there is very small. So we're going to wait and let the superintendent, when he comes to speak in a few weeks, um, tell us more about virtual Virginia and how it's going to be used in the public schools in the upcoming year. If you're going to use it as a home school, you're going to do it just like you would any other curriculum. Um, you're going to put in a letter of intent and then um, just go ahead and sign up for it. The letter of intent is explained last week, last Thursday, by Stephanie. And so you can go back to that session and look in terms of what's required of you for getting your child signed up as a homeschooler. So next we're gonna look at some of the pros and cons of online learning. So, one of the nice things about online learning today is that it is the ultimate social distancing. I can pretty much guarantee you that you will not contract COVID-19 from a member of your class who's doing only online learning with you. Okay, it's not gonna come over your computer and bite you. So that makes it great. Um, it can also serve an unlimited number of students, making it an ideal um, 
teaching method for things like public schools. The quality of the content is also relatively easy to um, discern and, and figure out because usually there's something in there that's going to give you the background of the teachers, the success rate of the students, and, and that type of thing. The other thing that's nice about online learning is that it's an independent learning. So you can do it independently if your child, your student, is a night person. They can log on at 6 o'clock at night and do um, their schooling at that time. And they can also learn at their own pace. Okay, you don't have to wait for the rest of the class to catch up and figure out what's happening. Or if you need more time to learn a subject or some content, you can easily do that because, again, you're learning at your own pace. And it's also easy to review because you can just go back. Almost everything nowadays is recorded in some way, um, so you can just go back and hear it all again, just like you can for what I'm saying tonight, because you can learn all these things that we're teaching tonight online by simply going to www.royaloak.com, royaloakchurch.com. But like everything, there are also disadvantages or cons. So the first one is that it can be very lonely. Online learning can be lonely, especially for a student who is a social learner or just very social in their nature. It also is not developmentally appropriate for all ages. The very best in early childhood educational research tells us that children up through the ages of eight or nine at least, that their brains are not wired for computer-based learning. What actually happens is, is that their environment, what they touch, manipulate, smell, okay, interact with, actually creates neurological connections in their brain still, which is the reason why it is highly recommended that you severely limit the amount of time that um, young children spend on screen, any kind of screen. The other thing that can be a problem with online learning or virtual learning is that you do need to have internet access. And unfortunately, we here in Warren County, Virginia, have a lot of um, spots that do not have internet access, and it's something that everybody is working diligently to try to figure out how we're going to use that and correct it. Another con, even though it was also a pro, is that it is independent learning. 
Now you might think, well, what's the problem with that? Well, there's only a small percentage of students who are independent learners. We're mostly looking at older students, middle school or high school, but even within that age range, there are, the majority of the students are not independent learners. So unless your child is an independent learner by nature or by teaching, then this is going to be a whole new learning style for your student. And the other part, the con, is that different learning styles um, find virtual learning to be difficult for them. And that's what we're going to really focus on tonight. We're going to look at the different learning styles and then look at some tips for students who have that particular learning style. So first of all, let's look at, um, you might be asking the question, so how do I know what learning style my child has or styles? It's very unusual for anyone to have only one learning style, although they may have a predominant one. There's a questionnaire you can go on, it's free, online to take. It's called VARC, which stands for Visual, Auditory, Reading and Writing, and Kinesthetic. Now, just give you a little cue here. I call reading, writing, linguistic. So when that comes up, you'll know that's what it is. But anyways, it's a good thing to look at every once in a while if what you're, like it says up there, if the methods that you're using aren't working, it's time to reevaluate your learning style. So have your, go online and work with your student to take another questionnaire. And there's others out there as well. So let's go ahead and look at visual learners. So visual learners obviously learn best by seeing. So if you are a visual learner, you're going to want to take notes. And I have people here in the audience right now that are scribbling away, okay, as I write, as I talk. All right. I'm, I'm a visual learner, but I don't take notes. Um, but it's a good idea to do so if you're a visual learner. You also will work well with diagrams, charts, maps, graphs. And if they're not provided in your online learning curriculum, you may need to create them yourself, which will probably really help your, um, your retention and comprehension because it's forced you to interact with the material. Which also visualization, which means that you're going to take a look at, you're going to see in your mind what somebody is talking about. 
Okay, so um, an example might be, I know for myself, I'll just give one for myself. If someone, I'm currently reading some books that take place in about 450 AD, and when I, when I think about that, I see a timeline in my mind with the birth of Christ, fall of the Roman Empire, the books I'm reading, the Middle Ages. Okay, so I see them in that. I visualize them in that. Visualization might also be things like when someone is speaking the words, describing an activity, you are taking it and seeing it in pictures in your mind. The other one is mind maps. And your handout will give you um, some places where you can go and find out how to do mind maps. And I have one on the slide up here that in the bright yellow center, it says learning styles. And then each of the blue circles have one of the five major learning styles we're going to talk about tonight. Right now we're doing visual, which is way up on the top there. And it's going to also have a couple of words that I'm going to want to remember when I think about a visual learner. Okay, So let's go on to the next learning style, which is auditory. As an auditory learner, you're going to learn well by listening rather than seeing things. Um, so one of the challenges that auditory learners have and that you may have when you're doing an online um, learning is that you need to eliminate the distracting noises, which cute little kid here has smartly put on his headphones that I don't think are even connected to anything. But they take care of all the noises in the room. Auditory learners often do well listening to music while they study. And I know when I was growing up, that was a huge no-no. Um, but research has now shown that there are those who actually, their brain is wired in such a way that when they're listening to music, they um, learn faster and better. Now you have to be careful, because if you really like music, you could be focusing on the music and not on what you're supposed to be learning. You might want to try music that doesn't have any words, because that will help you take care of that auditory part, okay? The words could distract you. So you need to be really honest with yourself in terms of does listening to this particular kind of music really help me um, concentrate better and remember better? It's also suggested that you create mnemonics. Now, mnemonics are just devices, and in this case, an auditory one, that is going to help me remember information. 
For example, how many cups are in a gallon? I'll tell you, because in the kingdom of gallon, there were four queens, quarts. Each queen had two princesses, pints. And each princess had two crowns, cups. Two times two times four, 16 cups in a gallon. A mnemonic device. On your handouts, there is also um, a, uh, a website that you can go to, a couple of websites you can go to for um, mnemonic devices, especially one that has, um, well, it's not just one, but mnemonic songs are often very helpful for auditory learners. And what I did was I just went on and Googled mnemonic song and then a subject like state capitals. And after two clicks, I found a really catchy tune, you know, with all the state capitals. The other thing that you'll want to do as an auditory learner is you'll want to be active in discussions, even if you're a little shy, okay? Because that is the way your brain is going to understand and remember material is when you're talking with other people. Now you're saying, yeah, but I'm online, what can I do? Well, join a blog, that's not hearing, but at least it's interacting with words, okay? Get into a chat group, discuss it with your family members, you know, when mom or dad's making supper, go in there and start talking about all the things you're learning, okay? Find a way, you're clever, you'll find a way do a Zoom call with a friend, something. If the online curriculum you're using doesn't record lectures for you so that you can go back and listen to them at any time, figure out a way to do that because one of the best ways for you to study um, this, the material that you're learning is to hear it again and again, okay? Um, and then the other one is, is that when you have material that you need to read, you'll be better off to read it out loud. Because when you hear it, you remember it better. The next learning style we're gonna look at is kinesthetic or tactile learners. Kinesthetic learners, um, need to interact physically with their material. So in that regard, online learning can be challenging because pushing a button on a computer or using a mouse is not really physically interacting with the material. However, there are things that you can do, and there are some parts of the tactile learner um, that is easier with online. And I'll get to that in a couple minutes. First of all, take notes on index cards. And the reason why I say on index cards 
is because then you're going to physically handle them. You're going to use them as old-fashioned flashcards okay, with the vocabulary word on one side and the definition on the other. Okay. You're going to use them, and if you look down here in this list, you're going to use them in a timeline. If you're studying the Civil War, okay, you're going to be able to take the events of the Civil War and put them in a line for yourself, interacting with them. Put them in the line, shuffle them up, put them in again. And I recommend that you do an activity that I call Smack It. Now, if you're a high school or middle school student and you look at this, you might go, what? That's for babies. Well, yeah. It's very effective for four and five-year-olds to learn a whole kind of things through this game. But you know what? It's also very effective for you as a tactile learner. So this is kind of how it would work. Say you're setting the Civil War, okay? And you've got to learn, I don't know why, but you've got to learn all these different battles, okay? So you got the name of the battle on one side and say the um, date on the other side, okay? And you're going to have to be able to put these in order, okay? So what you do is make out two sets of cards with the name on one side and the date on the other side. Then one set of cards, say with the dates, you're going to lay out five or six dates on, the car, on your table and you're going to put a pile in front of you of the other set of cards with the battle names face up. And then you're going to find a fly swatter or a rubber pancake flipper. Okay. And you're going to turn over the card that says what the battle is. And then you're going to take your fly swatter and you're going to smack the date that corresponds to that. And you can self-check by turning it over. Oh, I got it right. Aren't I clever? And you may think, oh, this is really silly, but you know what? It works because you are physically interacting with that material. Another thing that you can do is act things out. Okay, the more physical you can become with your material, the better. You know, so if it's a matter of acting out uh, uh, time in history or, um, and it doesn't, you know, you don't have to go to, getting all the costumes and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can just pretend, put on a hat, whatever. Um, you could act out the functions of a cell. Okay. Um, all kinds of, of different things there. Um, you can just move. And this is one of the places where online learning is better for you than a classroom because you can turn off the camera from it's the camera that sees you on your computer, all right? And you can stand up and you can do jumping jacks and run in place and turn circles and whatever, okay, while somebody is doing a lecture um, online. And believe it or not, not only will you like that, 
but you will learn better. Because there's something in your brain that makes it that when you are moving, your brain is in a better position to learn. So that's a, one of the places where online learning is beneficial for kinesthetic or tactile learners. And then the last thing I have up there is physical objects. Any physical objects you can use, um, whether that's like coins and money for math or, um, I don't know, whatever, um, throwing balls for physics um, or whatever. But the more physical objects that you can incorporate, the better. So next is our logical learner. And this is one that's not on that VARC questionnaire, but I have included it. A lot of people do who have studied learning styles, so I, I'm throwing it in here also. Logical learners learn best when the why questions are answered. They're the student that many times teachers, um, I don't want to say they don't like them because they like the student, but it often throws them off, okay, when they're going along teaching. This, 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 and, and what? Well, what? why is that happening? I don't know. So, but that doesn't fit logically, you know? And so you as a logical learner, you will do best, but you won't always get what you want. So sometimes you have to go, especially when you may not be in a class where you can raise your hand and kind of confront the teacher with, like, why? Okay? Um, but you will learn the material best if you ask those questions. The why questions. The what's next? Okay, so we've heard this, this, and this. So what's next? Kind of like that line in Hamilton, if any of you are familiar with the King George goes. And so what's next? Okay, those are the questions that logical learners ask. You also do well if you create and solve problems for yourself. Okay, so if the the curriculum doesn't give you that. Hey, do it yourself. Ask yourself. Okay, so here's this. What problems is that going to create? And then look for solutions for those problems. And then the last one is linguistic, or what the VARC questionnaire calls reading and writing. And this is linguistics is, sometimes people confuse it with auditory. Auditory is any sounds, okay, are going to be either beneficial for the learner or distracting to the learner. A linguistic learner is fascinated with words. Our grandson just cracked up as a two or three year old from the skunk stunk in the trunk. And, oh, 
he just thought that was the funniest thing. And he would go around and around saying it again and again. So linguistic learners love words, and they learn best through words. So you're going to benefit from online learning because a lot of online learning is presented in either a written or verbal presentation. Okay, you're not gonna be so great with those charts and maps and diagrams. Okay, you're gonna do better with written sentences and words, okay? So again, you also may find it helpful to read out loud, um, to make flashcards, again, words, okay? You will probably do well in a debate and if you have a choice, like in math, between doing computations or word problems, you'll probably do better with the word problems because the whole thing is gonna make more sense for you, okay? But you are one of the, probably the learning style that is the most um, conducive to online learning. So those are our five basic learning styles, but then we also have added to that either social learners or solitary learners. So if you're a social learner, and you may not be either of these, or you may be both, or you may be more predominantly one than the other, but the social learner um, loves to be involved with other people during their learning process. Now, there are people who are just very social beings and they like being with people, particularly true in the adolescent years. So there's this difference between those who learn well by interacting with others and those who just like to be with people and their friends. But if you are a social learner then you will benefit from joining a chat group, from doing a blog, participating in a blog, from being involved in discussions, and also from teaching others, which could be real people or perhaps even pretend people. And then there's also solitary learners, and these are people who do best when they can be in a quiet place, without distractions, okay? And if you're that type of person, then you're gonna want to set up a environment, an environment for your online learning where it will be a quiet place for you. And maybe you need to do head, some kind of head, you know, ear um, equipment. Um, and you'll want to reduce distractions for um, visual as well as sound-wise. And because you're a solitary learner and you tend to be like, okay, I can figure this out myself. Give it to me in a, in a format that works for my learning style and then let me work through it which is great, unless you can't work through it. 
and then you have to be willing to ask for help and to ask questions. So, um, for those of you who are alive at the moment, here with me, do we have any questions? Okay. Oops. Okay, the question was, and it's a great one because we were just talking about this a little while ago, and that is that I've come up with ideas for you based on my um, research and my educational background. However, there's those of you out there who have different learning styles and who have encountered online learning. And his question was, is there a way that that person could um, help others? And yes, stay tuned to www.royaloakchurch.com because within the next week or so, we will have up um, a blog or something that will allow people to come on and say, oh, I'm an auditory learner and this is what I found helpful when I was taking an online course. And we're because we really want to make this um, as helpful to people as we can. Yes? What if we as parents had a different learning style than our kids? How do we solve the difference between the two problems? Okay, the question was, what about if there's a difference between the learning style for the parent and the learning style for the student? And that's a really great question. And I would say that number one, because of this session, you now know it. Because that's where the biggest thing is, is when you don't know it, okay? And your learning style is auditory, and you keep talking and talking and talking to them, and they don't understand, and they're not getting it, and they're not getting it, okay? Well, now you know. Hmm. All right, I will write it for you. I will draw it for you. We will act it out. And the main thing I would say to you is you have to adjust to your student's learning style. Okay. You need to find, that's where you are your student's champion. Okay, If they're not getting it, I know when I teach or when I tutor, I take responsibility. If the student is trying at all, and they're not getting it, I take responsibility and I say to them, I can see that you're not understanding what I'm saying. So let me try again, okay? I don't know exactly how your brain works, okay? But I know it's smart enough to understand this. So let me try telling it to you or presenting it to you this way. Okay. And I can usually tell because the light goes on in their eyes and yes. Right, his question was, do I recommend that he takes the VARC, the VARC questionnaire also? Yes. Okay. And then just when you figure out what your child's style is, just do all the research you can on their style and find all the different ways. And ask them. Okay, once you can get through the barrier of 
I'm the teacher, you're the student. If you don't understand it, then work harder. Okay, when you can get through that, all right, and you're able to say to your, to your student, to your child, okay, we're working on this together. Okay, as long as you keep trying, I will keep trying, and we will find a way that works for you. So, what were you thinking? Okay, when, when I said that, or when I presented that, did it make sense to you? Okay, Let, it's called megacognition. Think about your thinking. And the more a student, a person can think about their thinking, the more, uh, the better equipped they are to learn anything. Because when I can go back and go, oh, right, in this situation, when I could draw it, when somebody gave me directions, and in my head, I could see myself going down the road, counting two roads on my left, and then turning, I could remember. Okay, then I know the next time that I'm given a situation where I need to remember something, if I can visualize it, I'll remember it. Anyone else? Thank you, those are great contributions. So thank you very much. And so that concludes our session um, tonight. And we will be, our last session, which was originally scheduled for next Monday, August 3rd, is being postponed um, because our Warren County School Board is not going to be making decisions about this next year until next Wednesday, August 5th. So at some point, probably within a week after that, we will be having another meeting here and the, super, the new superintendent will be here to give us an update and to answer questions. So stay tuned to www.royaloakchurch.com for the date for that session. And thank you very much. <laughs>